People, White World, the mental health podcast for marginalized peoples. This is another episode in a small sort of mini-series that I'm doing related specifically to the attacks in Christchurch on March 15th in New Zealand. What I want to deal with specifically today is how to deal with anxiety in the wake of a tragedy that hasn't happened to you directly. So this episode is not aimed specifically at people who were directly affected by the attack. So if you were in it or knew someone who is who was present there, although you might still find something useful here, this is aimed more for people who have found themselves to be feeling quite anxious, um, even though the attacks didn't happen directly to them. If you want to know more about the origins of this podcast, I do a little intro in episodes one and two that you might find useful. So our first reactions when it comes to something, you know, really bad happening are often grief, shock, horror and anger. But due to the constraints of everyday living in a capitalist society, we have to return to our normal lives quite quickly, often before we've had any time to process everything that has gone on and what it actually means to us. And so while our bodies have returned to everyday life, often our brains have not quite got there yet. In episodes one and two, I discussed how trauma can mean that our brain can be stuck with the switch for fight or flight mode, kind of a little bit in the on position. And in episode two, I introduced the idea of the window of tolerance. Both of these concepts are things you might find helpful. So if you want to go back and listen to those episodes first, now might be a good time. When a bad thing happens, even if it didn't directly happen to us, it can still affect us. Especially in a small country like New Zealand or Aotearoa, especially in a small country like Aotearoa, where a mass shooting is not a commonplace event. It can really affect our sense of safety. And marginalised peoples already deal with more stress on average than non-marginalised peoples. And add to that fact that many of us now feel much more keenly the threat of violence to ourselves and our families. We're existing at the very edge of our window of tolerance. And for some of us, we may be well out of it already. When your community has specifically been targeted for violence... It can bring to surface old traumas and worries because it destabilizes us. Safety and security are a basic human need. So it's not surprising that many of us are now feeling, you know, off balance. Because even if someone we know or we ourselves were not personally affected by the shooting, it has really deeply affected how we view the world, how we view Aotearoa and our sense of safety and security in how we walk in this world, and that can have really significant mental health consequences. So at the moment, this means many of us are walking around ready to drop into fight or flight mode at a moment's notice. And this is not helpful because, you know, you start to think that every car backfiring is a white supremacist attack, and that actually leaves us less well-resourced for both for getting through everyday life and for when things actually do go really wrong. So what this means practically is we need to get our stress levels back inside that window of tolerance. And the first step that I would really encourage you to take is if you keep reading about the tragedy, particularly the specifics of how it happened, what happened, when, etc., and you are struggling, I think you should stop doing that right now. The evidence shows us that focusing intensely on the details of a traumatic experience, even if it didn't happen to us, can serve to traumatize us even more. The next step 
is to think about what external stress we can let go of right now. Obviously, some stress in our lives is non-negotiable. We all need to feed ourselves and maybe our families, but are there things that you can let go of if necessary? Do you have some community leadership roles that are too much right now? Do you have a demanding hobby that you can take a break from for the moment? Most of us feel this pressure to keep going and not to seem weak. But actually, when people talk about self-care, this is what self-care really is. It's not just about taking bubble baths and, you know, getting expensive massages. It's about looking at your life sometimes and editing out what you cannot handle at any given moment. So once you've done an audit of the external stress in your life and looked for what you can let go of for a while, the third step is to look at your internal stress. Are there thoughts and reactions you are noticing that are compounding the negative effects of things that are going on right now? For example, becoming paranoid that people around you are secret white supremacists. That might be true, but there is also nothing you can do about it and it does not help you to think this way. It also stops you from being able to detect specific threats to your well-being when you are overly concerned with general ones. It is important to interrupt unhelpful thoughts and reactions wherever possible. And it can be really tricky to work out what is helpful and what is unhelpful. But a good question to ask yourself is, does this thought or reaction help me or hurt me? So how can you interrupt these thoughts or reactions? Well, it does take effort, I'm not going to lie. This stuff is work. One option is when you notice that you're caught in a spiral of unhelpful thoughts is to literally command yourself to stop, out loud if necessary. And I know this sounds kind of silly, but it's something that does work. And once you have broken the spiral by commanding yourself to stop, try replacing the thought with something more productive. For example, if I'm caught in the spiral of, and I'm just going to use a general example right now, Nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. Nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. Everyone is secretly judging me. You know, those thoughts sort of build on each other and spiral out of control. So I command myself to stop. And sometimes the replacement thought doesn't have to be life-changing. It can be slightly better. You know, some people do hate me. That's okay. But the people who matter do like me and focus on that. Alternatively, you might find it helpful to bring attention to your breath or your body, some of those things we talked about in episode two, um, to get yourself out of your head. If you find yourself feeling constantly unsafe in the world, it might be helpful to look for the evidence. What is the evidence that you are safe or unsafe? Notice five things around you that tell you are safe. There are many different ways, and you might find it helpful to work with a professional if you are really struggling. So the final step that I'm going to talk about here is to use constructive distress-reducing behaviours. In plain English, all this means is doing things that make you feel good but don't hurt you. So it can be tempting at times like this to resort to quick fixes like drinking more or getting high. And while these things are not necessarily bad, if you use them constantly to cope with difficult things, over time it just gets harder and harder to cope with difficult things. So instead I would encourage you to find other ways. Some examples are hanging out with good friends who understand you, listening to music you enjoy, playing music, doing a physical activity you enjoy, making something, arts, crafts, colouring in, cleaning or reorganising. And some more structured activities could include specific mindfulness practices and meditation. Traumatic events tend to isolate us, so doing things that result in engaging with community can be especially important in these times. 
I hope this has been helpful to some of you if you've been feeling, you know, the shooting happened. I know I certainly have not been myself and that makes sense in a time like this. So please do take care of yourself. And I'm going to finish up today with another little grounding exercise that maybe some people might find helpful. So I want you to take a deep breath in. So I'd like you to close your eyes, get comfortable and take a deep breath in and focus on the sensation of where you can feel your breath. And then I want you to bring your awareness to your hands. What do they feel like right now? Are you anxious? Are they clenched? Are they relaxed? Are they hot? Are they cold? And I want you to gently rub your fingers together and notice the sensation as they meet and just really focus on feeling the sensation in your hands um, as the and then I want you to bring your hands to your belly while maintaining that awareness and focus on breathing in and out and keeping you all your awareness in your hands and the sensation of them meeting the skin of your belly and feel that awareness and take some breaths in that position.